General Manager Ray Haynes teaching on Hanukkah this morning, talking about robbing Christmas. And we've gotten uh, a lot of information already this morning. But now we're asking the question, how can we really understand Christmas and how do we know that this is when Mary encountered Gabriel? How do we know that this, you know, the Magi arrived at the time that we've talked about this morning? How do we know this? What do we have to support this? Show me how. (laughs) Well, and also, how do we know that this Christmas wasn't the birth date of Jesus? Because it is a little difficult. If you still go to any of what we call the the higher churches, the Catholic, Mm -hmm. uh, Orthodox, any of those that still celebrate Advent, and you're kind of all focusing on the birth of Jesus Christmas. And so most people have kind of figured that out just because scripture kind of walks us through when he was born. But there are still a lot of opinions as to when he was born and and some traditions which hold on. So I wanted to take a minute. I usually do this in the fall at his birth, at his actual birthday. But I wanted to do this now because, yeah. you know, it's fun to talk about the birth of Jesus yeah. no matter what season. And I'd love to celebrate him at Christmas as well mm-hmm. as on, All the time. Uh, on Rosh Hashanah. But, but uh, you did talk about when, when you came in for Rosh Hashanah. Sure. Rosh So, yeah. It's one of the many things we get to celebrate. So, the birth of Jesus doesn't happen at Christmas. um, But lots of his story takes place then. So, for goodness sakes, it's a great time to talk about Jesus. So, we have scriptures and we have signs in the heavens which then connect to the scriptures that I believe provides significant evidence to Jesus being born in the fall of 3 B.C., which places his conception or incarnation in December 4 B.C. and the Magi's arrival in December of 2 B.C. Both of them in this season of of the Christmas season, one of them a little earlier in the month, but nonetheless, it's it's as close as you're going to get. So how can we know, know that we know, how when, how, all these kind of things happen. So let's dig in some scriptures and uh, we'll just walk it down and show you why without Hanukkah you're going to have a hard time with the, getting in the fullness of, of Christmas. So let's start with the stars. When we meet the Magi from Babylon, they're traveling to visit Christ and they use prophetic scriptures. So we can assume, and we're talking Babylon, where they were taken into captivity uh, after the destruction of the uh, temple in Israel, in Jerusalem. So we can assume Daniel, who's one of those who was taken captive and was placed as the head of the Magi, had greatly influenced them. And over the years, they were less influenced by the other Magi and astrologers of Babylon. And what we believe also because of this, the descendants of not Daniel, obviously he was a eunuch, but in those seasons, a lot of the tribe of Judah stayed in Babylon. So I think it's probably likely that these guys were even from the tribe of Judah, the Magi they came. The prophecies of Daniel included encounters with Gabriel and detailed visions of the life and death of the Messiah. So they would have learned from Daniel the actual precise time the Messiah was to arrive, that he would be cut off or crucified. Other prophecies would have led them to study the stars for more details. It says, a star will come out of Jacob, a scepter will rise out of Israel. Now, that doesn't mean much to us. We don't stargaze anymore and kind of follow things. But in their day, that was a pretty clear uh, word of direction. So there's even a tradition throughout the Middle East that Daniel provided funds for the Magi and for the gifts for them to carry to the Messiah upon his birth. So kind of a neat story. Don't know if that was true, though. Uh, what star did the Magi likely see to recognize Jesus was to be born and when? Now, some folks have said you're going to have a chance to re- look at the star of Bethlehem, I think, on the 21st. 
Okay, you might see a glimmer of some part of of that, but you're not going to see that particular event anymore. That was a that happened then, and that can that occurrence and, and all, all the things that it did. Probably not going to see that in all that glory this this year, as it was 2,025 years ago. But let's start at when he was born. Let's look at the when and eliminate the any years when Jesus was unlikely to be born. So there was this interesting, and just just based on stars here, uh, there was a two-planet conjunction, Jupiter and Saturn in 7 BC. And typically when they say, it's the star of Bethlehem again, it's usually a, a two-star conjunction. And the three-planet conjunction of Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars happened in early 6 BC. Still, the planets were too far away from one another, both years to be considered a single star. And usually when these times when they say, it's got, it's the star is back, uh, it's, it's kind of a star-ish, but really not what you saw. 5 B.C. and 4 B.C., actually nothing of astronomical importance would have caused anyone to journey to Jerusalem from Babylon following the star for the birth of a Jewish king. Nothing happened in the skies in 4 B.C. But a lot was happening on the earth, so let's jump back to the earth again. Let's meet Zechariah. Luke 1 reveals several significant insights about when Jesus was conceived and born. And this is pretty much the, the one clue that you have to use if you want to figure out when Jesus was born. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. His wife was the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of, the, of Jehovah or the Lord. So here's why this verse is a clue to the when Jesus was born. About 1,000 years earlier, King David divided the descendants of the sons of Eleazar and Ithamar, the two sons of Aaron, into 24 divisions, or courses, and set up a schedule for the priests, the Kohanim, to serve in the temple in an orderly manner throughout the year. wanted that this consistent methodology. David was very good at that. Each division came to Jerusalem, served as priests during the three major feasts, Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacle, they call the traveling feasts. The rest of the year, the divisions took turns serving for one week, from Sabbath to Sabbath, once every six months, always in the same order. So the rotation began at the conclusion of Passover in March or April, depending on leap years. Now, the division of Abijah was the eighth division, so their first week of service in 4 BC was from May 19th to May 26th, when the angel Gabriel appeared to Zechariah in the temple and foretold the conception and birth of a son to be called John, whom we know as John the Baptist. Because of his unbelief, Zechariah was struck dumb, which immediately disqualified him from his priestly duties. That's in Leviticus 21. So he would have left for home. Sometime between May 26th and June 1st, Elizabeth would have conceived John. It was the summer of 4 BC. Let's jump back to Luke 1. When his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months, she remained in seclusion. So, I told you priests serve twice a year, and there is a possibility for John's conception. There at least a second possibility, so I wanted to throw that out for you. Because some people, you know, argue this. Zechariah's second term was in the second half of the year. However, this is very unlikely for several reasons. It would have placed the birth of John near the fall feasts. And Jesus' birth six months later around Passover, which is one of the arguments. Jesus could not have been born during any of the three pilgrim feasts, Passover, Unleavened Bread, Pentecost, Tabernacles, any of those. 
These are times when all Jewish men in Israel were required by the law to be in Jerusalem, so the Romans would not have selected any of the three primary festival seasons for census to increase compliance by the Jews. Uh, evidence places the Roman census from August to October in the drier season, and we know Joseph was taking his family to Bethlehem for the census when Jesus was born. So Joseph and Mary went to Bethlehem, not to Jerusalem, at the time of his birth. So there's a lot more evidence than that, but I'll, I'll, I'll break it down. We're going to jump in next and look at Mary. So we've looked at the birth of John the Baptist and how that impacts, but why does that impact the birth of Jesus? What does that have to do with how we know when he's born? We'll jump on that one for you next. Man, you talked about layers. We, we've got plenty. There are a lot of layers, and, and it's worth doing because, yes. I mean, I, it's you know it's, it's fine to do things out of tradition. There's nothing wrong with traditions. A lot of them are really nice. But knowing when Jesus is born is an important thing. Whether you celebrate it now at Christmas, which I, I celebrated both times, it's it's fine, but uh, it's it's a good thing to know and understand. So you really get the really the the biggest impact out of Christmas you can. 